Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Detour Life. Detour Life is a game changer for both family law professionals and clients alike. Detour Life is an innovative online program which guides clients to easily input and organize the exhaustive document and financial disclosure process and provides professionals with streamlined and secure case management. In addition, Detour Life has comprehensive client onboarding, a secure document repository, income and expense sync, parenting plan agreement features, and much more. I use Detour Life myself, and honestly, one of my favorite features, and one that my clients love as well, is that they can securely link all of their financial accounts directly to the Detour Life platform so that their information is automatically uploaded and updated as time goes on. So whether you're getting a divorce or are a divorce professional, I urge you to check it out yourself. Go to Detour Life, that's D-T-O-U-R dot L-I-F-E, and sign up for their free 14-day trial. Then use code SUSAN20 to get 20% off a subscription. Coming up on today's episode of the Divorce and Beyond podcast. What you need to be looking for, at least in my opinion, is somebody who's willing to take a step back, keep a level head and understand your long-term goals, not just your goals for your specific, you know, I want to get divorced, uh, but your long-term goals. What does, do they understand what you want your life to look like in five or 10 years? Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host, and today I am here with one of my friends and colleagues from the American Bar Association, Lauren Hunt, Attorney Lauren Hunt. Welcome, Lauren, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is I, this has been a long time in the making. We've talked about having an episode for a while. I finally got my act together to get you on the show, and I'm I'm really excited. You're beaming in from New York State, right? Where are you in New York? So I am about three hours north of New York City. I'm in the state capital, but if you say that, most people don't know. <laughs> Albany, I know. <laughs> that is true, exactly. Albany, New York. Uh, so yeah, so we're up, we're considered upstate New York. Yeah, it's funny because I've been in Albany, I think, once, and it was to drive up from Connecticut to get sworn in to the State Bar of New York. I had to drive all the way up to Albany and drive home the same day because I had a court appearance later that afternoon. But I was I was sworn in in one of the beautiful courtrooms in downtown Albany many, many years ago. So, <laughs> well, so that my listeners know, um, I always love for them to know the experts that I'm bringing on and so that they truly understand the wealth of knowledge that you all have. You are an attorney and a mediator, just like me, in New York State. And you've practiced exclusively in the area of family law and matrimonial law for more than a decade, I think, which is hard to, I hate to say this to you, Lauren, but hard to imagine with your your fresh face. <laughs> but that's, 
but Everyone but you learn a lot. I know. Hey, you know what? When you get to be my age, you're going to be so happy. <laughs> I remember being a young attorney though, and like wearing glasses and like really like boring business suits because I thought it made me look older. Because uh, I used, believe it or not, I used to get it. Now I don't get it as much. Oh, but anyway. Uh. <laughs> Um, and you, I didn't know. You're also a child of divorce. Your parents yes. went through. How old were you when your parents went through a divorce? So I was in the second grade, uh, and they had what I would 100% label a high-conflict divorce. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and my parents know that I tell them this. Um, but they were, you know, they were the couple that even through till my high school graduation, they couldn't be in the same room together. So high school graduation parties were separate. Um, but then they had this turnaround and now like my mom goes to celebrate Christmas at my dad's house. So it's very strange, but it's amazing and it's great. Well, maybe you had something to do with it in your own way. Who knows? But that is wonderful. Unfortunately, we don't hear many stories like that on so many people when they get, you know, entrenched in that you know, the just the separateness and staying separate and the anger or whatever the emotional content is, they don't have that ability to turn that around. So may, bravo to you all. And maybe it was your, your, you have a beautiful young son. How old is he? Uh, he's So Jackson is three. He just turned three at the end of May, which is just insane. He's so <laughs> cute. Go look at Lauren's uh, Instagram feed. He's just adorable. He's like, he's just, you know, he's getting to that age of three, right? So they have tantrums like all the time, but then they say the most adorable things like this morning he threw a tantrum and then was like, mommy and Jack, best friends, whole wide world. I was like, okay, now I can't be mad. (laughs) He totally got away with that, right? Yeah. Too bad that doesn't work in divorce, right? (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Well, and our topic today, though, is it's such a perfect topic. And you mentioned you've been getting this request from potential clients lately. And I have noticed uh, just in the inquiries that I'm getting and the outreach from listeners, people seem to be getting ramped up again. There seems to be a high level of conflict going on in the divorce world again, which for you and I as mediators, we don't love to see. Um, But you mentioned people have been saying or asking you, are you a shark? That's what I'm looking for. Are you a shark? And so our topic today is, do you really want to hire a shark? Right. (laughs) And we have we have some reasons why you might not want to hire that shark. But um, I loved that topic. I saw it and I was telling you I have that picture of it's a shark. And I, I hope to get a picture of it for you all in the show notes. It's a shark's head coming out of a wall in a photograph, and then under it, it says law offices. And I had that hanging in my office for years, but it was a joke, people. We aren't sharks. <laughs> as much as people want to find the shark, we're not. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, I think that's a great place to start because, you know, I was just doing an episode with Jackie Pilosoff, Divorce Girl Smiling, and Jackie was talking about reasons why your ex is being a jerk to you. Like what, and we went through the top eight reasons. Um, And the eighth number one or eighth reason was because that's what people expect divorce to be like, right? They just, okay, we're getting a divorce. It's going to be the war of the roses and I'm going to behave poorly and so are you. Um, And I think the shark attorney is a knee jerk reaction as well. You think I'm going into a fight I got to go out there and get the biggest, baddest, nastiest lawyer that I can. 
got to go in guns blazing, you know, fully amped up, right? All my ammo. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's this, this perception. Like that's what you have to do to survive and get what you need or what have you. Get what I deserve. Yes. Get what I deserve. I hear how often have we heard that? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were telling people, I always tell people at the beginning of divorce, don't run out and hire an attorney the very first thing you do. Take a breath, take a pause, get educated. So imagine people are in that space. They're giving themselves that grace of space at the beginning. They've decided to get a divorce. What should they be thinking about when thinking about hiring an attorney? Such a good question, because I think not enough attention is paid to that to that exact issue, right? Because what we were just saying, you initially, you run out and you're like, I need to find the shark, I need to find the bulldog, I need to find the person who's going to protect me. What you need to be looking for, at least in my opinion, is somebody who's willing to take a step back, keep a level head, and understand your long-term goals, not just your goals for your specific, you know, I want to get divorced, uh, but your long-term goals. What does Do they understand what you want your life to look like in five or 10 years? And do they have the ability to continually sit down with you and do cost-benefit analysis of both the financial and the emotional costs of what you're looking for? And then I think the third thing you really want to see is, do they have the ability to deliver the news even if I don't want to hear it, right? Ah, Such a good one. (laughs) Like Sometimes you got to be the bearer bearer of bad news. That's what I think people pay us to do in some instances, right? You could say, listen, yes, we can push forward. We can push forward, but is this really going to get you where you want to be? I don't think so. You know, and, and your attorney has to be able to say that to you. And you have to pick an attorney who, when they say it, you're going to believe them and listen to them. Absolutely. You have to trust this person just as much as this person is willing to trust you. Um, It's absolutely a two-way street. And I think so frequently when people start thinking about the divorce attorney that they're going to hire, they do one of two things. They either go to their friend who had a divorce, right? And they're like, well, who did you use? I'm just going to use this this individual. Um, Or they go to Google, (laughs) Which right. can, can Google be or Gal Pal, right? One or the other. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, there's pluses and minuses to either approach. Um, but I think if you're going to start with persons who your friends or your family may have used, you really want to also think about, well, what was their divorce like? Right? right. Was there the divorce, the, the high conflict divorce? Was there the divorce that cost a million dollars and then ended up being kind of the expected result, you know? If so, is that, was that potentially the result of the actual situation or could that potentially have been the result of the attorney that they hired, you know? Um, So you sort of have to think that one through. Uh, If you're looking at Google reviews or or Avo reviews or wherever else you may find reviews online of of attorneys, um, you know, it's interesting because you can read a ton of reviews that are like, I got everything I wanted. Uh, they were the greatest attorney. You don't actually know what that means, right? Like right. everything you wanted, maybe their spouse didn't legitimately just did not appear in the action because that happens. So of oh, course yeah. you're going to get everything you wanted. Um, you really want to look through the reviews, at least in my in my view, you really want to look through the reviews to think, to, to find those those 
few reviews that say they were they were kind, they were empathetic, they sat down with me and understood me. That's what you're looking for when you're looking at uh, the attorney reviews. Not just how many stars or how many re- people took the time to leave a review, but actually like look through to see did this person have the qualities that I'm actually looking for? That's because this is not a manicure, folks. This is not, you're not looking for a good place to go get a facial or a massage. You are finding the person who is going to hold your hand and be your guide through one of the more difficult experiences in life. And I think it's such a wonderful thing that you pointed out that, you know, attorneys, we are attorneys and counselors at law. With counselors comes advice, comes counseling that you're going to get from us. Not from necessarily a therapeutic point of view, but you you are going to hear from us. Like how many times have you heard from a client, I am not going to pay alimony. Whatever you do, I'm just telling you right now, I'm not going to do it. Now, first of all, my first thing I say to people is, well, you are the first person to walk through my (laughs) office and say that. Most people have the checkbook out and are like, when do I get to write the first alimony check? Um, But harsh reality for many people who say that is a a response that is, I'm so sorry, I completely understand that feeling. And unfortunately, under the laws in our state, it is unlikely that you will not be paying alimony unless we can come up with another way to approach that issue. But you have alimony, what we call it. We like the word exposure. Lawyers love the word exposure. I use that (laughs) word all the time. Right. Right. You have some exposure on this issue. (laughs) When we say exposure, what we mean is this is very likely to happen in our experience. Um, And that's, you know, that is the goal. Now, that's not to say you shouldn't tell your attorney I don't want to pay alimony because you do need to communicate with them, but you also need to understand, as you said, you're going to hear things from your attorney that you don't like, that you don't want to hear, but you will have to make decisions based on that advice. So it's really important that it be someone you trust. Absolutely. And I think even, you know, sometimes people will go to multiple different attorneys before they hire, which is a good thing. I've had persons who come to me and they're like, you know, you're the third attorney I've met with. Um, And I got, you know, you're giving me different information from what I got from attorney A. Um, And, you know, to some extent, some of that could be just the approach that a person is, that an attorney is taking or what have you. But, you know, you have to recognize that it isn't all going to be perfect, right? There is going to be some bad... um, I don't want to say bad, but uh, there is going to be some adjustment that's going to have to happen in your world. Uh, so if you are going to somebody and they're just telling you this is going to all be fine, you know, you might want to just dig a little deeper with that individual to make sure that they that you have reasonable expectations, uh, because no attorney is has a crystal ball. We have no exact idea. We have a sense, right? We have kind of a world we can help create, uh, but we do not know exactly what is going to happen. So when you are going to somebody and they're saying, well, this is exactly what's going to happen, that would be something that I would say, well, you might just want to take a second to sit with that. Maybe check it out with another attorney to see what their take might be on it. Because, I mean, nine times out of 10, you cannot predict it with with certainty what's going to happen. No. And and I mean, because there's so many factors that go into it, right? So I, I think this is a really significant point. If you go in for a consult with an attorney and all you hear is sunshine and roses, 
that that should be a red flag. That should be a, a worrisome thing because there is nothing about this process that is all sunshine and roses. And you do need to be prepared and have managed expectations. That's to your benefit um, so that you don't waste time and money going after or or arguing for things that are not likely to happen or going to happen. You know, so you, it's very important. But some of the other things, you know, that you also mentioned meeting with more than one attorney. Um, and I think it's funny. I went, you know, with one of my best friends back years and years ago, we went wedding dress shopping for her and she tried on the first dress and loved it. And we were like, yeah, but you can't buy the first dress. I mean, it's the first dress. You gotta look around. Exactly, right? <laughs> Not just so for, for the fun of it, I mean. <laughs> yeah, we hadn't even had a glass dresses. of champagne yet, right? <laughs> but we... She, she put that one aside, tried on, you know, a multiple more. And then we went to another wedding salon the next day, tried on more. And she ended up going back and buying that first dress. That is perfectly acceptable. But I'll tell you, she enjoyed that dress even more because after she tried on so many others that she didn't love as much, she loved it even more. So even if you go to your first consult with an attorney and you think this is, this is my guru, do yourself a favor, and I always tell people at least three attorneys. Mm-hmm. I think that is an excellent rule of thumb. You get a you get a variety of opinions, you know, and, and a variety of um, of personalities too. You know, uh, I, I've had multiple people who come to me, and they will say, you know, you're my first person, and that's it. And I'm like, okay, that's perfectly fine, but just understand, you know, it could be helpful for you just to make sure that you are sure that you and you appreciate my approach or what have you. Um, I think three is a really good number to look at. Yeah. I've even sent people out of my office with numbers for um, colleagues, mm-hmm. you know, when they've said, well, you know, you're not a shark or you're not this, or I really wanted someone who was more, I'm like, you know what? I know those people. Let me, you know, whatever that category might be. Um, because in the end, it is so important that you have that guide through the process that you trust and that you're willing to listen to. Absolutely. And actually, I've done the exact same thing. <laughs> people will be like, well, you know, uh, either they want to move forward with me and I'm like, well, you know, I'm, why don't you just t- test it out? Some of what you had asked for, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't take that approach. So maybe here's a couple of other persons you could touch base with to see what their approach would be. And then, you know, from there you can make your decision. Um, but it's interesting. You know, I had somebody the other day who is, who is, who I had said to you, I've, I've gotten the question of, are you a shark a couple of times lately? <laughs> um, which is just strange. But, you know, my response was, you know, I wouldn't consider myself a shark. I'm a strategic attorney, right? I think that's the other thing that you want to kind of get a sense for is, um, I, I think when most people think, or I hope most people, when they, they say shark, what they mean is somebody who can be strategic. They know when to pivot. They know they know how to read a room. They know how to say, listen, I thought this was a reasonable approach to take. We're not getting any traction here. Yeah. How can we regroup and pivot so that we still continue to meet those goals that you have, right? So that your goal when you came to see me was, I don't want to bring my kids through a trial. Okay, well, we're heading to, down that path. You know, do we need to pivot and refocus and go some other way? Um, so I really think that's also another key thing to look for is, do you trust the attorney? Are they strategic? And would they define themselves as somebody who is strategic? Yeah. That is a great question. And I think, you know, what people 
in the heat of the moment of deciding to get divorced, whether you're the one who has decided and told your spouse you want a divorce or you're the other side who has just been informed, there's a very high level of emotion at that time. it's, It's probably one of the most emotional times of the divorce process. And anger and hurt tend to be pretty predominant at that time. So it becomes sort of a, I don't know, it seems appealing to go out and get that shark who's going to beat up your ex, right, and and make them pay. But you and I both know that's not really how the process works. So, you know, is a shark really able to even achieve what it is that you're looking for? And that's so, that's so dead on, right? I mean, I don't, I think most attorneys say 99% of cases settle. And I don't know of any, I don't know if those are the exact figures, but I think just based upon my experience, 99% settle. So, you know, and for that 1% that may go to trial, you know, is that really what you want to put your family through? It may sound great, right? I'm going to get them on the stand. I'm going to get them to admit X, Y, Z. A, that even if you got to trial, you got them on the stand and there is rarely any Perry Mason moments <laughs> in a courtroom anymore. There just isn't. No. Um, and it just doesn't evolve as you anticipate it or as you would hope it would. Um, right. You know, so it does, to me, it's one of those, should we, that's why I just, that's why I keep saying, stay focused, figure out at the start, what are my real long-term goals? Not just, I want to get divorced and make them pay. What's your, what's your five, what's your 10-year goals? Because that's what your attorney has to has to push and drive towards. It's not it's not the nitty gritty of how do I you know how can I get the most revenge out of this divorce action right. or or how can I how can I stick it to them because of whatever happened in the marriage? Um, and that's why it's you know a shark. Just to me, I think that the 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 financial investment that you make when you when you hire that shark or that that bulldog, I I do not see that becoming, I don't see that coming back to that family long-term, you know? No, the return on investment is a little, a little short there. Absolutely. And, you know, you could be talking your kid's college education, right? You know, where would you have better invested those monies? Um, but then also, if you're put, trying to push a case towards trial, which sometimes is the method for the bulldog or the shark, that's months, potentially years of your life that's you're not going to get back in litigation, you know, and no matter how great of a person or a parent you are, that stress of litigation impacts your family, right? I said my parents had a high conflict divorce. They didn't go to trial, but I remember a lot of that divorce and I was only in the second grade. Um, so, you know, you, 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 you have to consider those impacts that it's, yes, it's money. Some people are like, it's fine. I don't care about the money. It's also your kids, you know? Yeah. And, and you, you. And you, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that anyone understands until they're in it just how awful divorce limbo is. That time from, you know, deciding to get a divorce and the divorce is finalized, it can be six months, it can be six years. I mean, we know all of them, but let me tell you, six years of that will turn you into a different person. It will wear on you like 
like nothing else. I always say your peace of mind is worth something. So if you're fighting for the last donut in the donut box and it's going to drag your divorce out for six more months, think about living without that donut and getting your peace of mind back. You know, and I'm, I use the donut because I love a good donut. But um, uh, yes, <laughs> I would likely fight for the donut. Donut, but. yeah. <laughs> We've seen people argue over stranger items, by the way. Hello, Divorce and Beyond family. Susan here, and I'm excited to announce the launch of a brand new resource page on the website for you. I always say that you need to educate yourself when you're going through divorce because knowledge truly is power. And I think reading is one of the best ways that you can gain that knowledge. So I've compiled a list of my recommended books and reading on all topics related to divorce. We've got finance, parenting, emotional regulation, healing, and a lot more. So check it out on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com backslash beyond dash reading. Stay tuned for more from Susan and her special guest, attorney Lauren Hunt, here to help you find the right attorney for your divorce. If you have to hire another attorney in the future for whatever reason, maybe take a different approach. Take even a half an hour to think about, well, what are my goals for this issue, right? And then move forward with finding an attorney that can really help you meet those goals. If you are enjoying this episode, check out Are You Divorcing a Narcissist or Borderline? How to Protect Yourself with High Conflict Divorce Expert, Bill Eddy. We're seeing a lot more patterns of antisocial behavior, antisocial personality, probably antisocial personality disorder, showing up in high conflict divorce cases, especially in courts, because family law judges aren't prepared for the deceptions, manipulations, and they often succeed for quite a while. And now we return to today's show. You know, another thing you pointed out in your in your notes, your pre-show notes, and I think this is really important too, because people may be listening who are sitting there saying, yeah, I made those mistakes. I made that, I hired the wrong attorney. Um, what What would you tell them? It's okay. Honestly, forgive yourself, right? Yeah, start there. You, 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 you did what you thought was the best at that time. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Move forward, right? Apologize to yourself, forgive yourself. If you have to hire another attorney in the future for whatever reason, maybe take a different approach. Take even a half an hour to think about, well, what are my goals for this issue, right? And then move forward with finding an attorney that can really help you meet those goals and has the qualities that you missed out on from the first attorney. Yeah, and here's the bell ringer, people. Ding, 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 ding. You can change attorneys. You do not have to stay with an attorney that is is just not meeting your needs. And, and frankly, it doesn't have to be because they're a shark and you've decided a shark isn't what you need. It can be because your pet personalities don't match. It can be that they don't seem to have time to take your call. It, it, it can be just you've decided you don't like how they dress. I mean, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you are the client. You get to hire an attorney that you want. So unless you are literally on the steps of the courthouse 
for trial, which can be very difficult to change counsel. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, pretty much any other time, you have a right to go hire someone else. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's also nothing wrong with getting a second opinion if you're part at any stage in your matter. You're just like, you know what, let me just get another person's take on it. There is nothing wrong with that. And quite frankly, I have sent clients and I'm like, you know what, maybe just get another opinion on this. It can't hurt. Maybe you'll find some another person who has another uh, a completely different view and you want to move that way. Perfectly fine. I want I want for you what's best for you. If that's not with me, that's okay. But maybe you'll go get a second opinion and that person says, nope, st- stay that course. You're good. Then that gives you a little bit more security that, oh, okay, I am actually getting good advice. So right. there's no harm in the second opinion. Yeah, you might have to pay a consult fee, but there is no harm in getting a second opinion. And there's you're right. There is absolutely no harm in changing attorneys because you will, you will likely, yeah, you might, there might be an additional cost at the, at the, in the first instance to have the new attorney review your file and get up to speed. But if you feel like that person actually understands you and can move your matter forward in the way you want it move forward, that is priceless. That really is priceless. Right. And, and if you are changing from a, you know, more high conflict attorney or attorney who's more in that shark format, uh, that has cost you money. I mean, you just said that, you know, that costs you a great deal of money to have an attorney who's constantly filing motions, constantly running after discovery, constantly taking depositions. All of that is getting paid for by you or out of your marital pot in most cases. So even if it may cost a little bit of money to transition to a different attorney, you may end up saving money in the end if you're transitioning to someone who's just more goal-oriented, strategic, right? Like, let, how can we actually bring this to an end by getting you as and your spouse as much of what both of you want so that you can go forward in a better way, right? Yeah. How can we do that? That's strategic thinking, not, you know, how can we, you know, make the other side bleed for hey. a while? <laughs> yeah, hey. <laughs> And, you know, not for nothing, but there's also certainly the the bulldog or the shark, they definitely litigate a case more, right? So there's the, the expense there. But they also tend to send those nasty grams. Oh, right? yes. <laughs> Far more frequently. And, and, and nasty gram in my world is any email or, or letter uh, that just honestly could have probably been one paragraph or two paragraphs, but is like littered with all of this stuff about what your client, what you know, my client did, or what a horrible person I am, or whatever it might be. Nastagram runs a variety of... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You'll know it when you see it. It's like 100%. pornography, right? <laughs> yes. Because you get them. And even at me, I'm, I'm sure you've had the same thing. It takes even me a little while to kind of, I'm like, what the heck? This yeah. is insane. So, you know, you, you're, you're, that there's also the cost in dealing with the nasty gram, right? But then there's, again, that emotional cost that you really can't, you really cannot calculate, right? Because that, those nasty grams impact not just you, they impact your kids. Again, no matter how great of an actor you may be, you go home and it's, it's hard to separate yourself out from having read this letter saying you're a terrible parent, right? Right. <laughs> um, right. So it's all of those things that if you have this, if you have this gut feeling where you're like, I just think I'm not with the right person, follow it. You're, uh, my mentor always told me, always go with your gut, Lauren. It will never be wrong. And I think that is 
that is advice that more persons going through divorce really need to think about and really need to be willing to trust, you know? Yeah. And and honestly, it's a time when I think people have the hardest time trusting their gut because they feel they made some sort of error that brought their relationship here. So it's such a significant point. And, you know, the the, the point about the, the shark attorney, you just said, um, something that I don't want to lose sight of because I think it's it's really critical, the nas- nasty gram. So they are a routine part of shark attorneydom, right? This is what shark attorneys do. And it's, they it's are the de- sign of a shark attorney. It, it, absolutely, right? It's that and filing every motion known to God. 100%. But, <laughs> yes. yes. But they... They will send these nasty grams, and I always tell clients, you know, paper does not refuse ink or emails don't refuse typing or whatever you want to say. So they, they can put anything in there. And what they put in these nasty grams is panders to the emotional content of the client, right? So they have an upset client. So they say, your despicable client is a blah, blah, blah who did this, and his behavior around the children is... Um, you know, disgusting. I mean, it will go on mm-hmm. and it it's impugns the other party. Now, you may feel better for a minute when you read that letter that went to your ex or your ex's attorney, but all it's really done is ramped up the emotional content. Now, they're even angrier or more upset. You're likely to get a nasty gram back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the cycle goes to your kids. The cycle goes to your kids. And, you know, not for nothing, the judge isn't reading this. No. It it has no value to the case, except to potentially make you feel good for that nanosecond when it goes out. You know, but the the ripple effects is just, they're, they're really unable to be quantified in a negative way, you know? Yeah. Um, And we see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, I think just the the thing that I always remind my clients about sort of when you said, you know, papers don't refuse ink, I think you said. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always, whenever I get one of those Instagrams, I send it to them. I'm like, okay, you're going to wait until after the kids go to sleep to read this, which they probably never listen to. (laughs) They're like, now I got to read it. (laughs) And I say, and I just want you to remember the judge is not reading this. They are not judge and jury, and there is very little here that we need to actually respond to. Um, and I think that is something you really want to look for in your attorneys. That when you start to get nasty grounds, are they able to kind of weed through all the BS, right? Um, yeah. Are they and and tell you, listen, of this entire whatever three-page letter, we really only need to respond to this one issue in this one paragraph about how are we going to get Susie to dance class. You know, yeah. if they're coming at you and they say, and they, they're suggesting, oh, well, we've got to address all of these other things, you might just want to take a pause and say, okay, why do we, what, what good get, what, what good comes of a very comprehensive response? My, my best response to one of those nastograms is, we disagree with the facts of your prior, with, with the statements in your prior letter. That said, <laughs> All we saw, right, exactly. All we really have to address here is getting Susie to dance class. 
<laughs> and here's what we propose. Thank you very much. Exactly. I, I know you are a Bill Eddy fan, as am I. And uh, so what I want people to know is we attorneys use Biff just as much as we tell you all to use Biff, because that's exactly what you're describing here, right? We're biffing the shark attorney. Yes. <laughs> Nasty Graham. Yes. Um, because that is the way that you... So, so, you know, the high conflict attorney is the same thing as the high conflict client. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just like any other profession, face it, we do have our people who have their, you know, high conflict issues as well as attorneys. Sadly, they often find the high conflict party who's going through divorce and then we have it's a like, real problem. Oh. But yeah, but, but same thing, people go back and listen to the Biff episode. If you're having trouble with this, keep it brief, informative, friendly, and firm. Mm-hmm. It's all Bill all the time here at <laughs> Divorce and Beyond. <laughs> But it's true. And it works. Um, It works. It does. And honestly, I, you know, having also used that method or just dealing that way with people as an attorney on behalf of my clients and sending the, we disagree with all of the, you know, comments uh, in your your prior correspondence. you will feel better when you send that back. There's that's that's I call that taking the high road. You do not need to get down in the mud with them. You do not need to play that game with them. Um, and by not giving them the response that they want, you're actually, you know, moving forward the way you want to. You're yeah. taking control exactly. of what's happening. If I played chess, I feel like there's a chess reference there, but I don't play chess, so I don't actually. I don't, know the I, <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> It definitely is taking the high road in the best way possible. And that's not to say that you can't have your own response that you don't write out to the, you know, to the NASA crowd. You have absolutely have a meeting with your counselor and get it all out because you need to get it all out. Right. In some instances, I'm sure you've done this. I'll get the nasty and I'll just write an entire email to my paralegal. Right. It never goes to the other side, but I get it out. Right sometimes you just have to have that release and then you can come back with fresh eyes and say, okay, here's what we're going to do moving forward. Short, sweet to the point response and we're, we're out of here. Yeah. And that's, you know, honestly, those are the cases where I especially love having uh, a client who's working with a coach or especially a coach. I love my therapist too, but a divorce coach can be so helpful in these particular instances, right? Because we can say, I know this is going to be an upsetting email for you to read. What I suggest is that you also forward a copy of it to, you know, your coach and the two of you work together, but do know I've highlighted the one question I do need an answer from you, you know, or whatever that is like. And I love that you give your clients a heads up. Like this is, don't open this until you're sitting down and the kids aren't there. If you can avoid it, please. Yeah. (laughs) Like don't open this in, you know, gymnastics class when your ex is possibly sitting next to you. Or when you're driving or, (laughs) you know, yes, there's a lot of, yes, there's a lot of, um, but that's, I think that that right there, if your attorney is the type of attorney who takes the time to give you that heads up, Rather than, I mean, what people may not know, anytime correspondence comes in, email, letter, we don't get letters very much anymore, but, you know, any text, whatever, we are obliged under the rules of ethics to send it to you. We have to send you a copy of it. We can't, like, edit it and only send you the part we want you to see or just decide, (laughs) yes, we do wish we could. So that's, but many attorneys will just say, please see the attached correspondence received from attorney so-and-so today. 
and you know, let me know how you'd like me to respond. That is a very common attorney cover letter to an email or a, a nasty gram. If your attorney does what Lauren does and takes the time to say to you, one, you know she's already read it and she's she's knows how you're going to react to it and takes the time to tell you, I know this is going to be upsetting to you. I, I, I understand it and that's perfectly you know, warranted on, based on what's written there. But stay calm. We will deal with this. Here's what I want you to focus on. That is the type of attorney who's strategic and who's going to help you get through this case. Right. Because you can, they, it, it's an opportunity to help keep your client focused on what truly matters. Um, and again, that's all staying focused on those big long-term goals that you've got. Um, yeah. But I wanted to quickly circle around. Uh, you had mentioned uh, using a divorce coach, and that is exactly why I love it when clients use divorce coaches. For the and, and when I have a situation that is more high conflict, it's something I strongly suggest people uh, invest in because it really is. Um, to me, it's almost a necessary ingredient to the divorce process when you have somebody that's high conflict or has hired the high conflict <laughs> attorney or the sharp attorney. or what have you. Right. Yeah, I agree, and it's um, it, it will change the course of your divorce. Most people are like, I don't want to spend. I'm already spending money on you. I don't want to spend more money. My usual answer is, you're going to spend less money on me because you're going to have a much less expensive outlet uh, than me to come to, and you're actually going to have a person who can help you, who right. can actually, you know, we do this all day, we've learned a lot, but I don't have a therapy or a therapist degree, a psychology degree, um, you know, so we can commiserate with you as human beings. We can do what we can do under the law for you as your lawyers, but very rarely can we actually help you with the emotional content of what you're dealing with. Right, and you know, sometimes I think that that's helpful because it allows us to stay slightly re removed enough so that we can have those cost benefit <laughs> analysis or those conversations that you may not want to hear, but we need to have, right? So, sort right. of what we talked about at the beginning, like sometimes your attorney has to deliver the bad news or has to say, listen, we got to pivot. Yes, that, that was the goal, but is there another way we can get there? You know, if, if we are on the same emotional wavelength as our client, you can, your attorney can sometimes lose sight or be unable to separate themselves enough. Yeah. And that's not, a, that's, I mean, you may say, well, don't I want someone who's empathetic to me? And yes, we can be sympathetic. You don't want someone in your same wavelength of emotion because then we're just going to be as likely to respond as you might be wanting to respond. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's actually a sign of a good attorney if they can do that, folks. It's if your attorney is getting overly emotionally involved or invested in your case, that is actually something to be aware of. Um, because uh, you said it at one point in here, and I've said it to clients so many times, it is not our life. These, these are decisions will not change our lives. We're going to go home to our families and our lives at the end of the day. So the decisions and, and, all, and every aspect of this has to be what's going to work for you, the client, not the attorney. 100%. 100%. So I love this topic. I definitely have to get my shark picture, shark picture <laughs> back out. But Lauren, I want to make sure people know how to reach out to you, um, our New Yorkers. Um, and do you do coaching, legal coaching online for people outside of New York? I do not, actually. I do not. 
You should. I know. You're so good at a lot this. of people have told me this, and I'm like, <laughs> I just have. I have a lot of work as it is right now, so I'm sort of like. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But if there were people from New York out there who were looking, or just wanted a consultation, or just wanted to, you know, be able to speak to a New York attorney who so clearly knows what she's talking about and is strategic, how can they get in touch with you? <laughs> so I kept it simple. My website is laurenhuntesq.com. Uh, my phone number is five one eight two eight two seven three zero. Very simple. So I will put that all in the show notes. And uh, Lauren, thanks so much for coming on today and telling people why they don't, you don't want a guppy, but you don't want a shark. (laughs) Oh, I like that. (laughs) We have to figure out what the term for the, the, what you do want. I'm like, do you want a koi fish? (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to have to go look, look through all of the different kinds of fish. My husband is an avid fisherman. So I'm going to ask a question. Well, so let me know. I'm going to put it in the show notes when we figure out what that is, everyone. But thank you so much, Lauren. Thank you, Susan. Thank you for joining me today on the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I hope you found some information and inspiration to help you on this journey. Please join me every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for a new episode. And if you like the show, please take the time to subscribe and leave me a five-star review on iTunes. You can also find more information on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com, where you'll find links to the YouTube channel, transcripts of the episodes, and other bonus content. So I'll see you next week to help you move through your divorce and beyond.